The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code ROSS only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveXLive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. We are year-round in part because there's always football stuff to talk about and how it relates to gambling on the sport of pro football like we love. But it's also the greatest time of the year in basketball, March Madness. As you guys know, all of my podcasts are available on Podcast One Sportsnet. I'm going after the other hosts, Jim Harbaugh, Shaq, Rich Eisen, Adam Carolla. I'm filling out a bracket, and you can too, at betonline.ag. Fill out your bracket. Use the promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% welcome bonus. Again, PODCAST1, 50% welcome bonus. Fill out your bracket. He, of course, is Steve Fezzik. The only, say it with me, you know it, you love it, I say it every episode, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Super Contest at the Westgate Casino out there in Vegas where he resides. He is, of course, a professional handicapper. He's a professional better. That's what he does for a living. You can follow him on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports. That's the place. There are some imposters out there. Don't fall for the imposters. At Fezzik Sports is where it's at. Yes, I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, loving learning more and more each and every week about making wagers, trying to provide insight as I can in terms of NFL betting and also Asking some questions that maybe you guys have questions about. Which, by the way, before we get, Steve, into the March Madness stuff, I, I should mention that there are a lot of ways that you can ask Steve a question. Certainly take advantage of any of our sponsors. But really, if all you do is just rate and review the show online on your podcast app, whichever podcast app you have, you rate and review this show, take a screenshot after you do it, 
email me, ross at rosstucker.com, with whatever question you have for Steve. I'll ask it to him right here on the show. So you'll get a shout-out, and you'll get your question answered. Or if you just need to buy something for your family or whatever on Amazon, just make sure you do it after you click through the banner ad on the homepage at rosstucker.com. It'll take you to a, a landing page. And once you do that, you're golden. You, you know, every, when you go ahead and make a purchase, you know, we get a little bit of credit for that, which is great. And you can ask Steve any question you want. So a bunch of questions to be able to ask, a bunch of ways to be able to ask Steve whatever you'd like, which is pretty cool. All right, Steve. So let's start with the madness. It really seems like I even have buddies, Steve, that they don't gamble a lot on college basketball, but they gamble on March Madness. And I have, I have a buddy around here who invites me to come over and watch some of the games with him Thursday and Friday. And he sits there. He bets on every single one of these games. So there's the brackets. And then there's also a lot of people that just like to bet these games. Absolutely. And you see the betting volume has exploded on March Madness. In fact, the amount of money bet on March Madness, Ross, is now double what is bet on the Super Bowl. And it's all about the churn. People betting Thursday morning and then cash and tickets and Thursday afternoon and just nonstop. If you've never been to Las Vegas during March Madness, it truly should be on your bucket list to be there the first weekend, Thursday through Sunday of March Madness. But Thursday and Friday are better than Saturday and Sunday. That Thursday and Friday, the absolute best two days. You know, Steve, I actually had my bachelor party in Las Vegas during March Madness, I think. Um, and it was, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty awesome because I remember – um, several of my buddies are from, you know, went to Bucknell and that was the year Bucknell was in the tournament. And I think it was the year that they ended up, um, beating Kansas. Maybe I'd have to go back and check, but I, I remember they were at least in the tournament and those guys were all really into it. Meanwhile, those are my high school buddies. Meanwhile, the Princeton guys, Princeton was not into it. That was not in it that year. So we were not. We were not as engrossed in it. But that's interesting to hear about the volume. Even this past weekend, I was with um, some college buddies, and a bunch of them were betting on the uh, conference championship games, the conference tournament games. I feel like even those games are more heavily bet now. Yeah, and in fact, the pros love the conference tourney week. They will wager just as much, if not more, on that week than this week, but um, I think the public is finally picking up on how much fun the conference tourneys can be, but there's always the issue of some teams, the motivation, do they really want to win? And frankly, the committee, I don't like everything the committee does, obviously. They did a pretty good job compared to prior years, Ross, but my number one thing about the committee is that the committee is so lazy. They finish their work on Saturday night. They don't care what anybody does on Sunday. So what happens? Michigan State wins the Big Ten. Auburn wins the SEC. doesn't matter because the committee's already put Michigan State in as a two in Duke's bracket and Auburn as a five, and they won't have to panic and, and, and try to make last-minute uh, adjustments with Sunday's results. So um, really, at some point, these teams are going to figure out 
hey, why am I killing myself to win this conference on a Sunday? The committee doesn't care. It's interesting. I was I, I noticed that, Steve, and I don't really get into college hoops until basically late in the season after the Super Bowl Conference Championship week. But just going ahead and, and watching it, it's like, first of all, unless you're not going to make the tournament, it doesn't really do anything for you to win the Conference Championship tournament. And then it, it does nothing for you in terms of seeding. I mean, it really... It really is irrelevant. I mean, it's fun to win a tournament, and the, the guys get excited, and uh, especially if you didn't win the regular season tournament, it's nice to win the conference tournament. But it really appears to have no impact whatsoever on the seeding of the NCAA tournament. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's almost like just like a made-for-TV event just to have people watch and extra games to play because it doesn't have any – impact on the NCAA tournament. I don't understand that. I mean, wouldn't the best representation of how a team might perform in a tournament be how they perform in the most recent tournament? Absolutely. But what happens, I believe, is that the committee is so big that, let's face it, when you, you, you get a room of 12 people together and it takes them forever to make any decisions. So to ask them to have to make um, uh, adjustments and major adjustments in the final two days um, before they come out on Sunday is just impossible. They've already met on everything and made their decisions really by Saturday. And um, because of that, I think these teams are going to get more and more savvy. And frankly, s- several of them have become savvy. The Dukes and in most years, the Kansases of the world. Let me not kill my players and maybe get an injury trying to win this conference tourney when really what's important is the big dance, of course. Right, so let's get into it, and let's start with brackets. Uh, it's a big deal. It's what everybody seems to do. I'm filling one out for BetOnline.ag, uh, and that I, I mentioned earlier. So, and by the way, let me just say this too, Steve. I really don't care that it's 68 teams. I, I really don't like that. That there was no reason for it. I think 64 was a fine number. And to have these weird, you know, play-in games with 11 seeds like Temple, you know, when they're clearly not the worst team, but that's how they have it set up. It just, it's really bizarre. It's like, it'd be like if the NFL, Steve, added a 33rd team. It's like, yeah, you can do it, and maybe London deserves it, but it just then makes scheduling and the entire thing so much less uniform than it needs to be. Like 32 is a great number for NFL. 64 was a great number for the NCAA tournament. You know, Ross, I'm worried about you. I think you're becoming the old guy. Get off my lawn. I love more games. And remember, there was, I, I'm old enough that when they went to 48 from 32, everyone was like, oh, you're watering down the NCAA tournament so badly. And I love the first four. Um, I love the idea that the tournament kind of gets a soft opening on Tuesday and Wednesday and, um, and before the complete madness comes in on Thursday. And frankly, you know, uh, it, it gives an opportunity for the 16 seeds, which for the most part are never going to win a game, they can now win a game and say and hang from the rafters that they won a game in the NCAA tournament because they get to play another 16. I actually love it. Okay, but here's a question, all right? So for the brackets, though, you have to – I mean, 
how many people brackets count the first four games and how many it's just whoever wins from that is, you know, you know, you're picking the bracket versus whoever the 11 seed is or whoever the 16 seed is. It, it's a great point. The vast majority of the brackets, you're just writing in um, the 11 seed. You don't know which 11 is going to win. You don't have to pick which one's going to win. And, but you do have to take the 11. But let's face it, we know the 16s are going to lose to the ones. So that doesn't matter. And just, yeah, you'd like to know who Buffalo's going to play. I agree. So there's two games in your brackets that you have uncertainty regarding. But um, I think it's a necessary evil. And I mean, how many six seeds are you going to have going deep? And if you do have a six seed going deep and beating a three seed, you're certainly going to have them beating the 11 seed, regardless of which team it is. So let's talk first four first, Steve. And the question there is, are there any lessons, anything that the pros have gleaned from these first four games? I know I'll be watching Temple game tonight with my buddy. Is there any, anything specific with these, with these first four games that trends or things that you've noticed? First four is always played in Dayton, Ohio. I know the arena well because I grew up in Dayton. So it's kind of a weird arena. It's like subterranean. It's built into the ground, very noisy. Um, it's always um, full. Dayton loves their basketball. And as it turns out, unders have been better in the first four than overs for whatever reason. So 19 unders, 13 overs. So I would tend to look under in the first four games. I do think familiarity with the stadium helps. I know Arizona State got to play in the first four they lost last year. So think about that. So it's a long trip across the country, but um, it's an identical trip. So the fact that Arizona State got to play last year in an identical situation certainly is an advantage to them playing St. John's this year. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And you always say, and I think we talked about this on a previous episode, you always say, just so people know, that mathematically you're much better off picking any team to just win each individual game six times than winning them, you know, than, than picking them to win it all, correct? Yes, yeah, so, exactly. So you want to, in general, avoid futures bets on the NCAA tournament. This is the time of year everyone's going to say, I can't believe I'm getting Auburn 60 to 1. It's such a good bet. No, it's actually a terrible bet. Not because Auburn isn't an undervalued quantity, but if you just played Auburn six times, you started out with your uh, $10 you're going to bet and bet the money line on Auburn and roll it over essentially six times with six money line bets, you're going to wind up getting paid 160 to one on Auburn by the time it's all done. Because guess what? When they finally play a Duke or a team like that, they're going to be such a significant underdog that, that um, if you have $20 at that point in play, it's going to turn into you know $68 and it's just your bankroll is going to explode. So avoid the futures trying to pick a winner in the futures market. The dastardly bookie, Ross, takes way too much VIG, but they can hide it because there's 68 teams. So it looks like they're offering value. They're not. All right. So, Steve, before you offer any more insight or advice, we'll get back to that in a little bit. I wanted to bring in our buddy Dave Mason from betonline.ag. Uh, obviously, it's always good to talk with somebody on that side. And, and Dave, before we brought you on, Steve was saying, and you probably have the numbers to back it up, 
Steve was saying that, you know, we're to the point now where more people bet on March Madness than the Super Bowl. Is that correct? Uh, overall, yeah, as far as the, you know, there's so many more games, you know, so it's kind of hard to compare, you know, one game versus one game. Of course, Super Bowl blows anything away. But as far as the event or the opening weekend, yeah, I mean, it's the opening weekend. There's there's definitely more action on uh, March Madness, um, without a doubt. You know, there's just so many games and those Thursday and Friday games back to back to back. I mean, if you've ever been in a casino in Vegas or whatever and you see how crazy it is and. You know, Steve will attest to that. It's, you know, the only thing that compares with it is the, is the Super Bowl. So um, here's a question, Dave. Can you tell me h- how people primarily bet March Madness? Is it betting futures to team to win the whole thing? Is it, you know, just betting individual games? Or are there ways to um, submit a bracket and bet that way? Yeah, I mean, the most popular is, is the game itself with uh, spread money line total. Spread's usually, uh, without a doubt, the most popular way. You know, we always have props. They're not like the Super Bowl, but there are a ton of props on every game. Uh, futures, of course, you know, odds to win it all, odds to win each region, uh, you know, uh, which which seed will win it, win it all, which which conference will the champion come from, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, without a doubt, the uh, spread is – Spread total money line is the most popular way to bet the games. Uh, bracket. Speaking of bracket, yeah, we do have a, our own bracket. I mean, you can't bet on it, I guess, but it's a it's a it's a fifty thousand dollar prize pool. First place takes home ten thousand. That's a cash prize pool. You can enter up to twenty times. First entry is fifteen dollars, and it goes down all the way to five dollars more entries you pay. So we do have a bracket as well. What what trends have you seen? I know it's we're recording this Tuesday morning. 10 15 a.m eastern time so there's still uh time but what trends have you seen so far in terms of people betting on this year's march madness yeah i mean there some games are getting bet a lot more than others the most popular game so far um is oregon and washington oregon and wisconsin uh it's taken on the most overall action by far um, as far as lopsided decisions, uh, Cincinnati's a popular bet. 73% of the action is on Cincinnati uh, versus Iowa. Now, 82% of the action is on Liberty versus Mississippi State. And 81% is on Cal Irvine versus Kansas State. So those are the most popular sides so far. In general, Dave, do more people bet on – the favorites or the underdogs as we go through this? Favorites. It's like any other sport, you know. Favorites are always, the chalk's always getting most of the action. I know I just rolled off two two underdogs there as far as the top, two out of three top bets. But uh, overall, favorites without a doubt. That's interesting to me because I feel like, like for me, the, the greatest joy I get is when uh, a low seed wins. Like I, I want, or a high seed, whatever, I... I like the underdog, so I, I didn't know if that um, if that enthusiasm over underdogs pulling off upsets kind of reared its head with people betting on that to happen. Yeah, there might there might be a little bit more with March Madness because there there's always upsets are on people's mind and it's so publicized all these upsets and Cinderella stories et cetera et cetera. But at the end of the day, we're usually rooting for the dogs. Steve, any uh, any thoughts or questions for Dave? 
just a, a comment that, like, like Dave mentioned, he's rattling off underdogs that are being bet and also saying, well, all the action is on the favorites. Well, what's happening, the public's really not getting involved yet. So the wise guys are looking at the openers, and if they see value with a team like Liberty, they're going to go ahead and fire on it when it's well off of their numbers. But then, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, oftentimes you get lopsided and you're like, boy, we've got this big liability on these underdogs, and then the public smooths it out for you nicely once we get close to game day, right? No, that's a great point, and, and you know, I should have touched on that by myself, too. You, you know, we still have most of the actions yet to come in, and most of that public action, you know, the, the sharp guys, and not even the sharp, but the, the more intelligent bettors, they, they were paying attention Sunday night, and they were betting that. And what do that, those guys usually bet? Those guys usually bet the underdogs, right? And... uh so, so a lot of those, you know, two out of the three, like I said, the, the lopsided bets were underdogs. So that's a lot of that early uh, sharp and more educated and semi-sharp action coming in. So like Steve says, over the next, you know, 48 hours, uh, more public more public action will pile in and th- those, those numbers will come down and we'll, we'll need even more dogs. Anything else we should know specifically about this year, Dave? I'm assuming a lot of people love Duke. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the futures, as far as the futures are concerned, even though they're by far the favorite at plus 225, um, they have the highest bet count. They've had the highest bet count all season, and it hasn't slowed down. I mean, the next highest bet counts Kentucky and then UVA. So we're not we're not exposed on Duke, though, so it's still a win for us, even if they even with the high bet count. The only liability we have as far as futures is concerned is University of Virginia. So. I guess people are expecting them to finally make it all the way. Awesome. Hey, Dave, always appreciate the time. We love having you on. We love the partnership with BetOnline, and we love getting a chance to hear you know, your side of the story, so to speak, and where the action is going. Thank you so much. Thank you, fellas. Thanks a lot. Okay, so, uh, Steve, I-, I wanted to ask you, brackets, filling out brackets – I know people love underdogs and they love predicting underdogs, but I think you've said other years that's not really the best way to go about it if you're really trying to have the best bracket in your office pool. Yeah, and I really have to find out how big is your office because it's not a matter of just filling out an optimal bracket. You need to figure out how many people you're competing against. Ross, if it's you and me and we're heads up, well, I'm taking every favorite throughout the entire tournament. Come get me because I'm going to be a favorite if you take any underdogs. Makes sense. Um, But let's say your office has 10 people in it. Well, now you can take a dog or two, but you really can't take very many because, let's face it, more often than not, the favorite is going to win the game. Where the real fun comes in when you're playing in a pool with tens of thousands of people. Well, now you can take 100 to 1 um, shot to win the title and you can play an Auburn to go ahead and cut down the nets. But think about this. If, if you're only playing against 50 people, you can't take a hundred to one underdog to win at all because you're really getting cheated on the odds because you're going to need that team to win in order to win your office pool. So the, in general, the bigger the pool, the more dogs that you want to go ahead and take. That's really interesting. That, that makes sense. What about, um, any other betting tips, you know, for each round of, of the tournament? I would say in general, the underdogs have done well in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So 
I would be patient. You see a lot of these lines have dropped down. Um, but as we discussed, this is the one time of the year that the public can move lines. So, so much money is going to get bet on certain teams on Thursday and on Friday, especially Thursday night and Friday night, that it's not unusual with these late games that you may well get value late if you wait on some select underdogs, especially after there'll be a story about why a favorite has solid value. And maybe it did, but when it gets bet up at some point, usually the dog is the way to go. Steve, I also want any other thoughts on the NCAA tournament before we get to an NFL point? You know, just one game that I think is fascinating is the Oregon-Wisconsin game because this is a 12 versus a 5, and Wisconsin's been much better than Oregon all year long, and the Big Ten's been much better than the Pac-12. So the line um, has been moving back and forth currently. Wisconsin's a a one-and-a-half-point favorite with tons of volume. As Dave mentioned, that's his number one bet game, and here's why, Ross. If you ran the numbers for both these teams for the year, Wisconsin's clearly the better team, and Wisconsin's a bargain minus one-and-a-half However, if you just looked at how Oregon's played the past month with the revamped lineup, Oregon has been the better team, and they swept through the Pac-12 tournament, and that's why Oregon as a 12 seed is catching so much support from the wise guys. So the real question is, do you trust that the last month of data on Oregon being what's significant and throw the rest of the data into the garbage can, if you will? I would be inclined to believe what I've seen most recently. I'd look to Oregon in that game. Speaking of looking, I'm looking for advice to you, Steve, on what to do about the Miami Dolphins now that they have uh, pretty much telegraphed what they're doing, trading Tannehill, paying him $5 million to get a fourth-round pick in 2020, and then signing Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's weird because everybody I talk to in Miami, Steve, says that they want to tank and that's what their goal is, to, to tank next year and, and be able to get a high quarterback, a high pick quarterback in the 2020 draft, maybe Tua Tungo-Vailoa or Justin Herbert. I just think it's weird that they sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, you know, he's always going to have a stretch where he plays well and they win some games, which apparently is not the goal. Yeah, it's very strange. As far as rating quarterbacks, I've got um, Fitzmagic comparable to what Tannehill was, both well below average starting NFL quarterbacks. I think maybe it's just a matter of um, there's in, – in the color of money, I think um, – I believe I'm getting this right. Tom Cruise talks about tanking when he was um, um, playing pool, and he goes, you know, the art of the tank is that you can't just miss all the shots – you got to like make it look like you're trying, you know, the, 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 you, 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 the ball goes towards the um, pocket and it goes in and out. The crowd goes, ah, oh. so maybe that's what the dolphins are doing. They're trying to give the impression to some of their fans. Hey, we got Fitzpatrick. It's not a complete tank job, but deep down they would love to be able to get a really good quarterback in the draft in the next year or two and get Tua or Lawrence or someone like that. And I think that um, as far as the season win number for the Dolphins this year, well, let me ask you, Ross, I'm thinking five wins. What would you say to five wins? Um, that's, a, that's a great line. I, I think I'd go under. Uh, I think that they're probably a three to five win team right now looking at them. Yeah, it's hard to go under five 
because you can almost get there by accident. But frankly, the Dolphins were so lucky to win seven last year. They really should have only won five last year, and they, re- and they should be significantly worse this year. Excellent work as always, Steve. I love it. We are prepped. We are ready. We know how to fill out our brackets. So for those of us that still haven't, and I know there's some of you out there, it's time. Free account at betonline.ag. And in fact, you get a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code podcast one. Once you're all signed up, fill out your bracket online. You got to get done by midnight on Wednesday. You know I'm pumped about tonight's Temple game. I also kind of follow Villanova. I grew up outside of Philly, so I like the Philly team. So tonight Temple plays in that 11-11 game. And then obviously Villanova has been unbelievable the last few years. Each week throughout the tournament, the Podcast One show that has picked the most games correctly will be giving listeners money in your betonline.ag account. But you have to have a betonline.ag account. So if I win any of the weeks of the tournament, I get some money, and they're going to be able to put it right in your account, which is awesome. So even if your bracket gets busted early, you can still win money from my bracket. So we're all in this together, baby. Make sure you go to betonline.ag and use that promo code PODCAST1. That'll do it, by the way, Steve. Terrific, terrific episode as always. I mentioned this before. I'll mention it again. We are low on questions. We are very low on questions for our man, Steve. So whether it's signing up for betonline.ag, that counts to ask Steve a question, or going ahead and rating and reviewing the show or Amazon, lots of ways you can ask Steve questions, which is awesome. Go ahead and do that and just send me the question, ross at rosstucker.com. Other than that, I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Hope I win some money for you. BetOnline.ag, promo code PODCAST1. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years, only now you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done, all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm.